Amen. You may be seated. Grab a Bible. Today, they're going to put my first lesson slide up. We're going to walk through uh, the answer to why baptism is in Jesus' name. Everyone say, why? Why baptism is in Jesus' name. How many here have been baptized in Jesus' name? Praise God. You know, the apostolic church is growing and uh, way, way back there, there were folks that said, well, folks that baptize that way, that'll just pass, pass over. In fact, there was a time during the what we sometimes refer to, I, I hear it mostly referred to as the dark ages, but there are other terms for it. I just have to think fast. Where almost all Christians of that era, except for those that were being hunted and killed. For example, how many ever heard of Martin Luther? Okay. He was is sometimes credited as being one of the great well, he was, of course, one of the great heroes of the Reformation. But part of that was that um, part of that reform had to do with water baptism. But many, many, many people gave their lives because they were immersed in water. They made it illegal. For example, uh, churches, I'm, I'm not here to entertain which churches and so on. That's another study, another time. But many, many of those that said oh, you were to baptize infants, how many ever heard of infants being baptized? Of course, you know they're not really baptized. They're sprinkled, but they call that baptism. So they, they would baptize infants by sprinkling them or dropping a couple drops of water on them. And, and anybody that thought they should be baptized some other way, in other words, according to Scripture, and, and of course in Scripture we know, no doubt about it, that they were baptized by immersion. In fact, the word baptizo, which is a Greek word, means immerse so, or dip. And, but many of them argued like for, through the centuries. For example, the same reasoning. How many of you can talk yourself right out of truth? Anybody know that? That's why you need to be very sensitive to the Holy Ghost because you can fool yourself. You can, <clears throat> you can tell yourself that, well, that doesn't matter. I can dress that way. I can do that. Oh, God doesn't care. And, and yet God does, he's, he does care. And, and we may, you know, you may know five scriptures or there may be a thousand other scriptures you need to look at to understand how God feels about certain things. He cares. I know he cares about us. Praise God. He cares about us. Amen. So uh, obviously then just sprinkling babies was not a biblical deal. And the question was, did, uh, was that real baptism? And many, many Christians just said, I, I'm not living, I'm not going to do that anymore. Just like speaking in other tongues. Now, today, the fastest growing church in the world and the largest number of Christians in the world speak in other tongues. Because speaking in tongues has once again become just, and I believe it's a, a fulfillment of prophecy. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, of course, the last days are not just today, but we know that 2,000 years ago, it began to pour the Spirit, and they spoke in tongues. But for many centuries, people did not speak in tongues. For many centuries, if you baptized by immersion, you were killed. That didn't mean people weren't doing it. They were doing it. But there were those that were, uh, well, for, for example, listen, I don't understand how anybody could kill people because of what they believe. You see what I'm saying? That's just, that's not really a... Uh, the principles of, of America are based on Christian principles. That's not a Christian principle. To kill people because of what they believe. Now, you know, in the marketplace of ideas, we have to disagree. If someone says that the, there's a real God and that's Mickey Mouse, well, I'd have to say I, I don't believe Mickey Mouse is God. That's what I'd have to say. I couldn't say, oh, well, Mickey Mouse, he probably is God. I wouldn't say that. 
Some people are just so, the minute they say, I, I'm worshiping Mickey Mouse, somebody, oh, no problem. Well, I, w- I would never say that to someone. Because if you're worshiping, well, nobody's worshiping Mickey Mouse. How many are okay with it so far? I'm, I'm using that, I'm being a little, a little weird there. But I'm, I'm simply trying to say that the truth, when it is preached, and when your heart responds to the Word of God, and how many are thankful for the Word of God this morning? All right, now let's get our Bibles. We're going to answer the question, or we're going to begin answering the question, why baptism is in Jesus' name. Now, the, the first thing we want to talk about is the name of Jesus, obviously, because that's what we're talking about, the name of Jesus. Um, and we're answering the question, why is baptism in the name of Jesus? Now, some people would say to me, for example, well, the first question you have to answer is, is there a Trinity and should you baptize in the name of the Trinity? But actually, you know, I used to be Trinitarian, but I can tell you right now that it, that has nothing to do with the truth about baptism. Is, is everybody listening to me? No, some of you are not. But, but if you're listening to me, I want you to zero in on that. It doesn't even matter what you believe about God himself. There is no name that's more powerful than the name of Jesus. And in the Bible, they baptize in Jesus' name. And let me say this. I know some of you are going to disagree. You're going to have a hard time receiving it. But I believed in Jesus' name baptism before I believed in the oneness of God. It was only by a short time. (laughs) Because I think they sort of naturally... If you understand the truth about the name of Jesus, many, many people, I've been invited, I don't know how many universities in the last few years, and they would say, explain to us why your group is growing so fast, and there are millions and millions and millions, all of them, and and they're everywhere. For example, I mean, to even cite examples is to just go all down these roads. I got a call recently from the uh, university, and they're researching why it is that the Jesus Name Church in China is the fastest growing religion in all of China. They want to know. We're we're really in. I've got. There are two books right now being written just on why it is that the Chinese religion, Christianity, why is it that the Pentecostals, the Jesus Name, you know where I first heard that? The first time I ever heard that? That the Chinese Jesus name church, just like this church, but they're Chinese and they're no connection. In other words, they're, they're got their own group. They're not a, you know, we got lots of Chinese in the United Pentecostal Church and we're a large, we're the fourth largest Pentecostal church in the world, but we, we don't have every believer in China. There are millions of believers in China. They're in their own group. They have their own church. First time I ever heard that. I kind of heard, I kind of got little inklings and the first time I heard, that it was the largest church in China. I was at the university. I was a student, and Dr. Billy Graham was speaking. And his father-in-law is a, or was a missionary to China for 50 years, Dr. Bell. And I had all, because, you know, that's a Baptist. What, did I say where I went? Wheaton College. That's a Baptist college, Basically. And I pastored there, and I went to school there. I studied Greek there. I studied uh, several languages there. Got a degree in ancient language. And everybody knew me. It was a large, one of the largest evangelical schools in the world. And they knew Billy Graham was going to be there, and that was their, you know, that's like their ultimate preacher. And he's certainly an excellent uh, speaker. And was, uh, I, I was, I was so excited. I don't know if I was excited as those Baptist guys were. But I was excited to be to be right there, right at the. In fact, I graduated from that university, and the president of the United States was the speaker. And so Billy Graham comes, and he's just right here, and I'm sitting right on the very front. 
I won't tell you why people would be sitting on the front. There were signed seats. That's a top secret thing, why I was on the front row. And I don't want you to be thinking now about why. That's top secret. Can't know why. But I was right up front. And Dr. Graham is preaching this very interesting message about how God is working in the world. And he said, many of you Baptists, I'm, I'm just quoting him. I'm not judging Baptists. I'm just simply quoting him. He said, many of you Baptists, and that, that was almost everybody there except that guy right there named French. There were a couple others, but not many. It was a Baptist university. And he said, many of you Baptists, the problem we're having as Baptists is that we have become very, very formal. And we are not excited about the Spirit of God. But he said, I don't know if you know it or not, but one of the greatest revivals in the world today is, and then he went into the story of China and began to tell they're the ones that baptize in Jesus' name. And every one of my uh, uh, friends that sat over in that area near, of course, this is a, uh, I think around 3,000 is what Edmund Chapel seats. And um, they were all elbowing me. They couldn't believe that Billy Graham was talking about the Jesus name church in China. But the fact of the matter is, the church is alive and well. Do you know that this morning? Praise God. Amen. The church is alive and well. The fellow a hundred years ago that said that'll blow over was exactly right. It blew all over the world. Praise God. And it is in every nation. And the, the beauty of this is that the name of Jesus is more powerful than any other name does anybody believe that here today you can speak his name and healing comes the question is why is that so why is it that you can speak the name of jesus now let's let's ask us a couple things i'm I'm trying not to get weighted here i'm 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 a little i'm in a little deep but i I think i can get back out all right The, the first question that folks will often ask me is why don't we pray in the name of the trinity why is it that we don't pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? And that's what brings it about. Why is it that miracles and these things all come in the name of Jesus? So your answer to that will uh, be very, very interesting. Well, my answer to that is simple. Jesus is God. And he bears the name of God. Now, that without going into a huge explanation of how the man Jesus is the son of God, but he is also the invisible God, well, that's, that's another study. But what we're saying today is the reason the name of Jesus is powerful is that Jesus came in God's name. He bears God's name. Hallelujah. And so it is. He says in John 5, 43. Let's read that together. I am come in. Okay, that was pretty good. That wasn't too bad. Now, John 10 and 30 says, and here's where we're going to begin this kind of thought process as to why the name of Jesus is so powerful. You say, well, that doesn't answer the question of why you're baptized. Well, but it. It does. I'm going to suggest that it most certainly does. The reason you're not baptized in any other name is because you're baptized in the most powerful name in all the world. Praise God. And there's a reason that Hollywood cusses and uses the name of God. I mean, everything about God is blasphemed in Hollywood. That's what, they're, that's what they do. 
All right, so John 5, 43, I'm come in my Father's name. Now, of course, there's always the question of, does that mean that I've come in the authority of someone else? That's often asked, and that's fair. That's a fair question. And the answer, you ready for the answer? No. It doesn't mean that he came in his Father's authority. Because if you mean by that there's two persons of God and one tells another what to do, how many knows that nobody tells God what to do? Nobody tells God what to do. Oh, whoa, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Folks, I have a hard time talking about this because I love it. And, then, and, and I need to just really stay, you know, just stay calm. It's a Bible lesson. All right, so we're looking at John 10, 30. And, but we're trying to uh, conclude here with John 5. I've come in my Father's name. That meant, okay, here's what it meant. You say, well, could it have ever meant that he, that he came in the authority of another God or another fa- his father was another God? Something like that. And the answer is, no, it doesn't mean that. If I send you and you go in my name, that's one thing. That's totally different. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus didn't come because there was a God and he was going in the authority of another God. He was that God. He came in his father's name. That means he bore that name. Now you say, well, I, I have a hard time believing that. That's why we're talking about it. That's why we're here today. We're, gonna, we're going to think about why baptism is in Jesus' name and not something else. So he came in his father's name because that was the name he bore. You say, well, how is that? Well, that's why we're talking about it. How did he bear? You understand what I mean when I say he bore it? He, he had it. That was the name. His name was the Father's name. How? How was that possible? Okay. Now, John 10, I and my Father are what? Two. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Let's try that again. I and my, let's see if you can help me here. I and my Father are three. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no not three. No, no, that's not three. That's what many people say, but it's not so. So, since it says that the Father and Jesus are one, which you would say, for example, you know that I'm saying that uh, they're one and the same. Can you say that with me? One and the same. The pastor of this church and the husband of Sister French are one and the same. They're one and the same. You mean that's the same? You mean the fellow that preached that meeting? And, and that's, that's, her, that's her husband. They're, they're one and the same. How would you say that in Greek? You would use a certain uh, gender, in this case neuter. It would be called an emphatic. You'd switch it to the neuter. And that would mean one and the same. Now, I've debated this. Several people would say, no, 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 Talmud. See, you're getting this wrong. They're one, but they're really two. They're only one in a kind of like this other way. They're one like in this, in that, and so on. Well, but it doesn't say they're one in a certain way. It says they're one. Now, in the neuter. Therefore, this scripture is clearly emphasizing what many other scriptures do. And that is the father. Jesus came in his own father's name. Praise God. He came even though a man. 
Now, then, then the Jews took up stones again to stone in verse 31. Let's go to the next one because I do need to, I need to move on. Even though I'm, uh, every single thing I'm talking about, we need to, every single scripture is like a major, major deal. But let's just keep going. Now we go to Philippians. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and what? Given him a name. Well, where did he get, what is that name? That's his own name. He has given him a name. That is the name that will be uttered from now on. It will not be uttered in Hebrew. It will not be a Hebrew name. It is the name that is above every name. So let's look at it again. God also has highly exalted him. That is as a man. No man like Jesus. How many knows there's nobody like Jesus? Praise God. He has given him a name which is above every name. Everybody say every name. So let me ask you this. Is there a name? By the way, this is what convinced me that Jesus was God, that there was nobody else. There was one God, and Jesus is that God. He's God in the Father. He's God in the Son. And he's God in the Holy Ghost. And these three are one, not three, one. They're one and the same. Okay, okay. He's given him a name that's above what? Every name. So is there a name above the name that's been given to him. Is there a name above it? Father, is that above it? Trinity, is that above it? Elohim, is that above it? El Shaddai, any name you can think? All great holy names, are they above the name Jesus? He's given him a name. See, he exalted him. That's another, that's, that's a whole message. And given him a name. I was at a university, they were trying to figure out why the Jesus name movement was just so growing and, and excited, and you can't do anything, you can't even chew bubblegum. And they were go- going all these things you couldn't do as a Christian. And they, of course, this was a university, these kids were doing everything in the book. And what they really wanted to know was how, one of them raised her hand and said, uh, Talmadge, I'm the head of so-and-so thing or majig, would you do me a favor? And I said, I'm, yes, I will. I know what it is you want me to do. Whoa. I said, no, not because I'm discerning the spirits. He thought I was using the gift of discernment and that the Lord told me what he wanted me to do. I said, no, no, I just know because I've been down this road before. You want me to speak in tongues for you? He said, yes. I've been wanting to ask you that ever since you started teaching. And I said, well... The answer is no. I cannot speak in tongues for you. Although I feel the Holy Ghost right now in this university, I feel the Holy Ghost right in this classroom. How many knows you can feel God anywhere? Anywhere you, as a child of God, can walk, you can feel the presence of God there. Praise God. Even when demons are fighting and against it. And by the way, we're living in the last days, and we need to stay very close to God. Praise God. So his name is powerful. And they, in this uh, particular classroom, they wanted to know how it was that uh, we could speak the name Jesus and healing would take place. And I was trying to explain, well, um, there's a spiritual dimension. And the name of Jesus, now see, we're living in a day 
when people don't believe in spiritual, a spiritual dimension. I say many people don't. The vast majority of people do. What I'm trying to say is we're living in a day when it's, oh, you got a thumbs down on that. Anybody that believes in God is telling them this or God is moving. But how many knows that God is still real? No matter what anybody else says, no matter how sinful the world may get, God will still be God. And God has given him a name which is above every name. Therefore, there cannot be a name that is above the name of Jesus. Look at the next verse. Let's, can, can you read that with me? That at the name of Jesus. Everyone say, the name of Jesus. Okay. So now we know it's Jesus. Everybody say, Jesus. So the name that was given to him. Now see, I was at the university, and, and they, they, oh, they come at me. Tell me, you Jesus' name, people, you're so radical. Okay, but here's the problem I have. It says it's above every name. But they said, but that name isn't Jesus. This was my own supervisor of the, doesn't matter who it was. Just forget that now. I'm not going to go into that. All right. And he said to me, here's, here's my position. The name that's above every name is not Jesus. And I said, well, what do you think it is? He said, well, I'm convinced the name above every name is, is Lord. That's the name that's above every name. And I said, well, we have a problem because right in our text, I was translating Philippians for him the entire book, and we came to this, and he was really pounding me that at the name of Jesus was translated exactly right. Jesus has a name, and that name that he has is above every name. And therefore, he said, if it was going to be the name Jesus, it would say at, listen, listen to the difference, at the name of or at the name Jesus, that name itself. He said, it's not the name Jesus, it's the name that Jesus has. Like, I have a name, but it's not that. I have also have a, a name, a reputation, or something like that. And that was going to be his tack, that the name that's above every name is Lord. So I begin a journey in that, in that classroom to explain why that could not be the case. And so we walk through it, and in the end, of course, the answer is, in, at the name of Jesus has exactly the same meaning as the dative. When you say at the name Jesus, praise God. How many knows that there is a name that is more powerful than any demon in hell? Any problem that you're facing, there is a name that is above every name, and it is the name of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because that's a Hebrewism. The reason you can use the genitive is because the, the Greeks, Christians got it from the Hebrews and it always was a genitive. They didn't have a dative in Hebrew. So the point is that when you say it this way, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. So therefore, the reason that the baptism is in his name is that he is God himself. Does anybody here believe that today? He bears the name of God. He is God. Now, it is difficult to comprehend that God became a man, but of course he did. John 1 and 1, for example, I'm not going to turn there, but how many know the scripture says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. How many hear my word right now? Is it another person from me? Is it another God? No, sir. How many can... <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I can tell. Okay, Lord, I got to back down a little bit because I got some very nervous people here. All right, here we go. Here we go. In the beginning was the word. 
The word is what created everything. How many knows the word created everything? He spoke it and it was created. That doesn't mean it was another person. What I'm trying to tell you is there's still one God, even though the word was with God. Someone said, oh, someone was really going. The word was with him right there next to him. I said, is your word next to you? Show me your word next to you. And then I will believe that there is another person of God sitting right next to God. Of course, he wanted to go over to Acts 7 and he sits at the right hand. I said, no, 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 no. We're not in Acts. You're telling me that a man's word sits next to him. And if your word is sitting next to you, you're a vin... Well, how do you say that word? I'll let you say it. I told him that. I said, even if I hear your word next to you, I will not believe that's another person, an invisible person. Because your word is not another person. So in the beginning, everybody say hallelujah. (laughs) In the beginning was the word, and, and the word was with God, and the word was what? Another God. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, not another God. The word was a person in the Trinity. No, no, no. See, none of that said in there. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word of God is God. That is what he is. Just by the way, and oh, I could go uh, even further, but let's look at one more thing. How many ever heard of when the angel said, thou shalt call his name, the angel, Jesus is born. Talking about why people, why baptisms in the name of Jesus. All right, the angel said, you're going to call his name. Okay, name, name. You're going to call his name Emmanuel. Well, that's a Hebrew word. And of course, Matthew is not in Hebrew. Now, some people think it was originally Hebrew, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't matter. They can't prove it. If they do, great. I think that'd be awesome. But uh, as far as we know, it was never originally in Hebrew. It is in Greek. We have it in Greek. We have 6,000 documents that say it's in Greek. And it is the most accurately preserved uh, uh, written document in the world is the Bible. And it said, "Thou shalt." the angel said, you are going to call his name Emmanuel. Which, when you interpret that Hebrew... Means what? One of the gods. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, that didn't say that. Emmanuel, when you interpret that, means God with us. Can we just lift our hands and give him praise for just a moment and thank him that he came down to be with us and he is with us. Praise God. So his name is great because he is great. He is God. Now we're looking here. Uh, let's go to the next one, the, the lightning one. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna gauge my time. Hero Israel, can you see over into your left there? It's kind of small, but can you uh, say it with me? Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. All right, not two, not three, not a bunch of them, just one. He's one, absolutely one. Now, in the Hebrew, which I put there in the lightning, because I wanted you to get kind of the feel uh, about the importance of his name. In Hebrew, so just, just, it's common. I'm, most anybody, if they can read any Hebrew at all, they could read this or even quote it. 
Shema, which is basically the Hebrew word for hear or listen. Shema Yisrael Adonai. Now, I've just done what Hebrew, Hebrew uh, Jewish uh, people would do, a rabbi. I did not say the actual word. And you'll notice that the word, uh, blah, 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 here we go. Um, see, there's, here's dots, 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 no dots. Dot, dots, 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 no dots. That's the name of God. They would not put markings on it because they were the Jews, that is. So for many, many centuries, uh, the Jews took the uh, markings off the name of God because those markings would tell you precisely how to say it. And they were nervous about saying the name of God because uh, the, the Ten Commandments and so on, which is understandable. And even to this day, I mean, even to this day, I asked a professor once uh, studying Hebrew at a university, and I said, could I say the name of God? I know you can't, but what about me? And he said, You're the, what, what is wrong with you? That's what he said to me. What is your problem? I said, I, I don't have a problem. I just wondered if, if I could say it and see if you think I'm anywhere near. No, he said, French, I didn't know you were that dumb. I said, well, I didn't either, but um, I, I just wondered, since I'm not uh, Jewish, and all of you are, if I could say that. He said, ah, he said shut up. You're not, I'm not going to let you try to say. He said, first of all, and then he went into this long, long thing of, of which most of what I'm saying right now I got from him originally. Then, of course, I checked it out. But, of course, he was basically saying the name of God is so sacred. So they would never say the name of God. And instead of saying the name of God, even though I've spelled it right out there, and I'm, got, I'm about to say it, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu. Let's do it again. Eloheinu Adonai Echad. This is the word one. So we've had the name of God twice. Shema Yisrael Adonai. Now, I didn't say the name. I replaced the name and pronouncing the name just like I, I would. Ne- I learned because I studied Hebrew with Hebrews. I never thought of ever saying the name of God. So now it's so ingrained that I have to, when I see that word, I have to tell myself that word is Yahweh. That's actually the Hebrew word Yahweh. Because I would never look at that word and say Yahweh. I would see the word Adonai, even though Adonai is spelled differently is a different word. But that has become the word Adonai in my mind. And so it is that in this verse we find that the name of God, Hero Israel, Yahweh, our God, is one Yahweh. That's what it actually says. The name of God then means the I am. Can you say that with me? The I am. And something like, uh, well, it's not on this. Let's go to the next one. Maybe we've got it there. Something like, uh, well, yes. All right, here we are at Exodus uh, 3. And uh, we've got another second or two. Uh, what, is, what is his name? Moses said. And God said to Moses, here's my name. I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. That is Yahweh. But it means I am. This is my name. Let's go to the next one because i got another a second or two. I just want to look at one more thing. Now notice in Revelation 1.8, Jesus said, now I've got a picture there of the ascension. I did that on purpose. I am Alpha and Omega. That is to say, 
that Jesus is the God who has, he is the beginning and the ending. How many understand what I'm saying? I'm saying it, but the Bible's saying it. I am Alpha and Omega. That just happens to be the first and last letters of Greek. But you could have said Hebrew or any other language. He is the first and the last. He is all-encompassing. Now, some people think they're smarter than God. But, friends, i got news for you. God is greater than anything or anyone you have ever known. He's more powerful than cancer. He's more intelligent than the most intelligent mind. He's the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, was, is to come. That is to say, he is the I am. He's the all-encompassing one. He, Jesus is the almighty. And how many knows that the almighty, which the Hebrews called the El Shaddai, that if you have all power, then there's no other power left. How many knows if you've got all? I would say all. If you've got all of it, there's nothing left. There can't be another one. There can't be two with all power. There's just one with all power. And that is Jesus. He's the Alpha and Omega. All right, let's stand. We're going to stop here. But I want us to praise God a little bit. And we're going we're gonna to change gears. We got the children are coming. And so I need to calm way down. The, the uh, Vacation Bible School singers are coming. And just a moment, the praise team is coming. And so we're going to have a great time. Our preacher's here. We're going to have a great time in the word. But I wonder if we could just give him praise for all that he's done on our behalf. Folks, if you'll praise him, he'll take care of you. Let's give him praise right now. Father, we thank you for the power of God in our lives. Thank you for your word and for truth. Ask God that you would bless and keep us. And we give you all the praise, O God, in Jesus' name.